0: Well, let's begin this morning in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We'll read verses 9 through 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. We're looking at a new year starting tomorrow. Something that we mark a new beginning in our human experience. But there are some truths here that are found in Ecclesiastes that we need to be very much aware of. The first chapter of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. That which has been is what will be, and that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of the things that are to come by those who will come after. Ecclesiastes is a frank An honest evaluation of the human experience apart from an understanding of the will of God, the purpose of God, and a surrendering to those eternal purposes that God has for the human race. As I listen to the news of current events like the horrific Hamas terror attack on Israel and then the resulting war and the deaths of innocent children on both sides... And the ongoing war in Ukraine, I'm reminded that there really is nothing new under the sun. Human history is full of violence and atrocities that we inflict on ourselves and then on others. And no matter how horrific wars are, man never seems to get, never seems to learn that how useless wars are. War. War I was known as the war to end All Wars. <laughs> Over 14 million people died in that war, and yet, in 21 short years after that, we had World War II, where it is estimated anywhere from 50 to 60 million people died. Nothing new under the sun. And apart from the wars of nations against nation, there are countless acts of genocide all around the world. There are individual violent crimes against other individuals that fill the daily news it's kind of depressing it's no wonder that the writer of the book of ecclesiastes king solomon came to the discouraging conclusion about life under the sun that he wrote for us in chapter 1 but now verses 12 through 15 so let's read ecclesiastes chapter 1 beginning in verse 12 i the preacher was king over israel and jerusalem And I set my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. Now, remember, this is King Solomon, wisest man on the planet at the time, had all the resources he needed to do, all the research and the study that he needed to do. And this is the conclusion. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man, by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed... All is vanity and grasping for the wind. Vanity means emptiness without purpose. What is crooked cannot be made straight. And what is lacking cannot be numbered. That's, that's a pretty dismal out view of the human experience, isn't it? Apart from knowing why we were created. Apart from knowing God. This is the outlook of the human experience. There's a reason why man cannot straighten that which is crooked. There's a lot of crooked stuff in this world. And it's depressing, it's discouraging, and man can't seem to get it straight. We're entering into another election period and everybody has the answer. You vote for me, all your problems will be solved. But man can't straighten what's crooked. There's a reason why man can't supply what is lacking, why they can't stop the self-destructive habits That man repeats over and over, year after year, generation after generation. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 to 11. Jeremiah 17, 9 to 11. This is the reason why man can't straighten what is crooked in his own life. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right. It will leave him in the midst of his days, and at the end he will be a fool. Another way to say life is vain. Vanity, vanity, all is emptiness. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Literally, the Hebrew means incurably ill. That's how God describes the heart of man that is separated from their creator. Man is born into sin because of Adam's choice of sin. It's, it's the underlying problem that man refuses to acknowledge and yet tries to continue to change the course of history or the course of human experience. And it just doesn't get any better. It gets more crooked all the time. Man's heart deceives him into thinking that happiness, joy, peace, importance, and prosperity will be found in all the wrong things. Man's heart deceives him, us, into thinking if I just had more land, if I just had more power, if I just had more wealth, if I could get rid of this people or if I could get rid of this kind of government or this kind of philosophy, everything would be just great. We hear it over and over and over again. And nothing changes. Nothing new. Proverbs 27.20 describes the eyes of man. Proverbs 27.20. Hell and destruction are never full. There's always room for one more. <laughs> so the eyes of man are never satisfied. That's, that's the human nature. And, of course, there are those who see the self-destructiveness of man and, and with good intentions. They try to better themselves and those around them. They make noble efforts. There are those with a genuine desire to change things. But things only get worse. They don't get better. Jeremiah 13.23. Jeremiah 13.23 says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard it spots just by wanting to? It's a part of their nature. Those things are built in. Nothing they can do about it. Then may you also do good who are accustomed to do evil. We're beginning yet another new year. It's when it's time that so many individuals look for a new beginning to make their life more meaningful or more fulfilled. Many make bold resolutions to stop bad habits. Others make promises to themselves and, and others about beginning new and better habits and a new and better lifestyle. This time of the year. The vast majority of those promises and resolutions are already broken by the end of January. But those that even even those that are successful in accomplishing those things that they want set out to accomplish, there's still an emptiness and a void in their life. Something's unfulfilled, something's lacking. That which is lacking cannot be numbered, cannot be supplied. Because outside of the will of God, there is nothing new under the sun. Man's just going to repeat that same vain, empty life. Tomorrow, that number one on the calendar, nothing magical happens. We're still the same. But man doesn't seem to learn those lessons and their self-destructive choices because they're not looking to their creator for that purpose of living. Why we were created People mock us for our faith in the Bible, in the Word of God, and yet look at society. Look at life. They call us fools. They call us naive. But who is the fool who denies the obvious? Now, I know that everything I've said so far is overwhelmingly discouraging and depressing, and I want it to be so, because I want, us to, re- I want to remind us of how in- essential Our message and our mission is in this world, the world needs what we have. There is no other answer but the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a glorious, joyful, essential message we have, and we take it for granted, that there is one thing that's new under the sun, that brings newness. It's a new heart and a new life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians five verses sixteen to twenty one. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only message that offers the human race a genuine, lasting change that leads to contentment, joy, and eternal prosperity. Second Corinthians five sixteen. Therefore, from now on. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. But now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone accepts Jesus as their Savior, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation this is the message that we have that is that god was in christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation god has entrusted us with this precious message that is the only hope of the human race do you realize how important it is what a privilege it is and what a heavy responsibility it is. Do we take this responsibility serious? Do we know why we are here still in this life? Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God for he, God, the father made him Jesus the son who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him what a simple message and yet it's the only message that can make us new the old heart that we were born with that nature that we received from Adam it's deceitful and it can never change it's just going to keep repeating the same old self-destructive way Day after day, year after year, generation after generation. But those who put their faith in Jesus are given a new heart, a new life. Until we are reconciled to our Creator, we can never be right with ourselves, and therefore, we can never be right with anyone else. No one. Start with individuals. Husbands, wives, children, family, schoolmates. Goes all the way up to the top, nation against nation. We can't be right with each other until we are right with our creator. An individual can make all the resolutions and declarations of changes that they want. But if they're still without God, they're still without life. They're still without purpose. Still dead in trespasses and sins. But the moment that we accept Jesus as our savior, we are immediately translated from darkness into light. Now we can see. Now we can understand. Our destiny is eternally changed. Before we were under condemnation and ruin, emptiness, vanity, but now we're translated into justification and eternal glory. And nothing can ever alter or reverse that glorious change that God by his grace has made in those who've accepted Jesus as their their Savior. The believer in Christ doesn't need to wait until the new year to start doing the right things, the new things. We can do them on a daily basis. As we sang, I am resolved. Every day of my life, I'm resolved to do that which is right in God's sight. Because now I have the ability to do so. I have a new heart, a new nature. Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 24. We are different. There's a reason why we're different. These changes have been made. Every child of God has the ability now to do what they couldn't do before they were saved. You can do what's right in God's sight. We don't have to live like the rest of the world, and we shouldn't. This is, again, another reason why it's so important for us to embrace who we are, to em- embrace the newness that we have received, and to walk in it, as we'll read later. The world needs to see we're different. And they may see that difference, and they may mock us for it. But that's all right. Let them see it anyway, that they might have an opportunity When they realize that their way is pointless and vain and empty, that maybe the Holy Spirit will bring to mind, you know, that individual. They had peace. Even when they were going through tragedy in their life, they had peace. I don't have peace. They had joy. They they seemed to have a purpose and they didn't seem to fear death. I want what they have. I've made re- resolutions, I've made changes, and I'm still empty. But they seem to be full. I want what they have. Is your life that kind of testimony to someone? Ephesians 4, 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Don't live like them. It's empty. It's It's pointless. It's without purpose. Having their understanding darkened. They don't They don't seem to to understand that they keep repeating the same old mistakes with the same results. It's a definition of insanity. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness and greediness. They just do more of the same thinking, well, if I do more of it, maybe that'll make it better. And it doesn't. As a believer in Christ, in every situation, I can choose to put on the conducts of the old creation or of the new creation. The believer in Christ, and only the believer in Christ, has two spiritual wardrobes, closets. One is full of the old conduct of the sinful nature, and they are filthy rags. They stink. You can put them on if you want. But a believer has this other choice the conducts of the very life of Christ, the fruit of the spirit. I can choose in every situation, I'm going to put that on. Someone treats me unjustly, whether it be your sibling, whether it be your boss or a coworker, I can choose to put on hatred and bitterness and vengeance. I'll get them back. I can put that on. But why? When I can put on love, and do and say what's in the best interest, the spiritual eternal interest of that individual that just hurt me. I'm going to put on love. I'm going through something that seems like everything and everyone's against me. I can put on self-pity. That stinky old robe of, of self-pity. And things will surely get better if I feel sorry for myself. Or I can put on joy. Knowing that all things work together for me. For my good. Which, which closet do you go to? And it's a daily choice. You don't have to wait till the first of the year. I hope you get dressed more often than that in the natural. Every day I am resolved to walk in the newness of life. Lamentations 3. When we daily choose to live our life in the fear of the Lord and to honor him and all that we do and say, our experience is not vain. Our life is not dreary, hopeless as described in Ecclesiastes. That description of life is true and accurate outside of the will of God. But for those of us that have accepted Jesus as our Savior, and then as we learn to walk in that newness that we received, our life is everything but what we read in Ecclesiastes. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I don't wake up depressed every morning. Again, if I looked at, around me and just saw the headlines, I, I'd, I'd be depressed all day long. But because I know, as Brother Jeff in his prayer request, I know my father's in charge. I know he's got me taken care of. And in Lamentations 3:22 to 26, this can be my experience. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's good to be new every every year, every day. This is our hope. And if we really want to make a difference in people's lives, we need to recommit ourselves to being faithful ambassadors to Christ. Every situation you find yourself in, whether it be with your your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your co-workers, your neighbors. You're in that situation for one purpose only. That's to do the will of God. Now, in doing the will of God, you have to continue to do your duties as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father, as an employee, an employer. Yeah, you you do all those responsibilities, but those all fall under the heading of doing the will of God. I'm an ambassador of Christ. We need to be faithful to tell others about this new life and to be an example of it, that they would see the reality of faith in Jesus Christ. This is why it's so important for us to guard our testimony. We don't care what people think of us so that we will be popular or even liked. We do what we do. We say what we say because we know this conduct is the will of God and we know that it will give opportunity for someone else. To see the reality of something new in this world, something real, something powerful. For time's sake, and to save my voice, I'm going to just give you some scriptures here, make references to them. When you learn to surrender to that new heart that God's given you, you'll be the model citizen. You'll be the model husband or wife or neighbor. People will see that you're different. First Peter 2, 11 to 17 tells us that we are to live as sojourners and pilgrims in this life. We're just passing through, but we're passing through with a purpose. We're going home, but on the way home in this foreign country in which we live, it seems like it gets more and more foreign all the time. They speak a different language than I do, and I speak two languages, and yet this world speaks a different language altogether that I don't understand. But while I'm here... I have the opportunity to point them to jesus galatians five, sixteen to 26 we have the fruit of the spirit the works of the flesh they're deceitful they're self-destructive they're nothing new there but now we have the opportunity to have the holy spirit develop in us that these virtues of of christ will be seen in us are we willing to let the holy spirit work these works in us are we going to just keep going back to that stinky old closet with all the, the old conduct of the flesh? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against that. But God can do that new work in you. And this newness in us, it doesn't stop with this life. Revelation 21. The best is yet to come. We are pilgrims in this life. You can live to be, Sister Freestone, what, 92? 92? You can live to your 90. But this home is not yours. We have a home prepared for us. We're not going to experience the same things over and over again that we have in this life. He's got new things prepared for us. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Let's do read this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have, had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is my destiny. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying, there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, right, for these things are true and faithful. Thank God I have something better to look forward to. It's real. It's new. I don't necessarily look forward to a nice new, new year in this new year. I know God has my life planned out already. Next year could be the worst year of my life. That's a reality. I've had some of those years in my 65 years. But I know it doesn't matter. I know what my destiny is. He's made me new. And one day he's going to usher me into a new heaven and a new earth. Wipe away all the tears of this life. Tears that had a purpose. Pain and sorrow that had a purpose. They were adding Measures of glory that would last forever. When I learned to trust him in those trials, I'm not necessarily looking forward to a new year. I'm looking forward to heaven. And in the meantime, next year, I know he'll supply what I need when I need it. Otherwise, I don't know how people look to to the future. So uncertain. If you're looking to politics for your answer, well, good luck with that. I'm trusting Jesus. In this world that is lost and sick and hurting, incurably ill, we've been given them the cure. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Well, let's close with Romans chapter 6. I'll close with reading this. So as depressing and discouraging as the first part of this message was, something that is necessary, a perspective that is necessary, I hope that we understand how blessed we are to have this, this message, this treasure that's been placed within us and that we would be resolved to take this message to a lost and dying world, to live this message. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? (laughs) Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus... We're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. We identify with Jesus Christ. His death was my death to sin and all of its consequences. Price paid in full. I identify with what Christ did for me as my representative. But I also identify with him when he rose from the grave. Jesus will never again be a sacrifice for sin. He conquered sin once and for all. And now he only lives to do the will of the Father, to intercede for me. And now I identify with that same life that I can live. I can live to do the will of God. May the Lord help us to daily walk in the newness of life.